Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. Hello, hello, hello again, everybody. I hope you had a outstanding Thanksgiving uh, with uh, maybe watch some football. Hopefully your team won. Hopefully your fantasy football team won. I know a lot of our listeners out there uh, watch a lot of football and keep up with fantasy football as I do myself. My team lost. So not super stoked about that. Um, but nonetheless, had a great Thanksgiving break. Couple days away from work to uh, relax and spend time with family, but we are back at it for the next couple of weeks before another holiday rolls around. But um, we're reloading on recordings and episodes for the rest of the year, and as such, we have a really exciting guest with us today, uh, Mr. Josh Kelly from Clover. Josh, how you doing? Good, good. Yeah, no, I'm excited to uh, be on the podcast and chat with you a bit, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Josh, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself for our listeners out there. Tell them a little bit more about your history in the industry and uh, what you're doing now. Yeah, so you kind of mentioned it. I'm the CEO or COO. I think I'm actually the COO. <laughs> I'm Clover Marketing, uh, one of the founders. Uh, you know, we, we are the largest, most successful kind of consulting business inside the industry right now. Most people, though, know me from, from my contracting background. I'm a contractor myself. A uh, company called Parker and Sons, um, now the largest, most successful, most profitable HVAC plumbing business in the, in the United States. Uh, we'll do about just short of $200 million just in Phoenix here and residential service and replacement. Um, so that's where most people know me. Uh, but yeah, we grew that business from $6.5 million to $200 million, and I guess it's about 18 years now. Wow. Are you all? Is it, is it just in the Phoenix market? Yeah, just Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, we're single market. So if you were to take like, there's some bigger companies out there, right? There's like the service yeah. champions, there's the Southern Airs, but like Southern Air has like 45 locations, right? Yeah. So we're like the largest if you if you do, do it by location. Like, like by single far. location. Yeah, yeah. yeah. territory if, type of deal. If you're pulling together 20, 30 markets, there's, there's a handful of companies bigger than us. Yeah. Interesting. So let's talk about that before we, you know, before we dive in with, you know, with some of the the operations and stuff that we were going to get on, but let's talk about that growth. I mean, 6 million to 200 million is, um, I mean, obviously that's nothing to sneeze at. That's, that's quite substantial growth. So it'd be uh, a big sneeze. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You would definitely need to get a a booster shot after that one. (laughs) So, so let's talk about that. You know, what, what did that journey look like taking it from 6 million to, to 200 million and how did marketing play into that? Yeah, so we started, we bought the business. It's my family's business. Um, so my father still um, runs and operates the day-to-day. Uh, I'm not in the day-to-day anymore, um, but obviously still consulting the client of ours uh, and still involved, um, but not not nearly to what it was. I got out, we sold to the Wrench Group, uh, year, I mean, years ago, a few years ago, and then I kind of transitioned out then. Um, but yeah, so we went from six and a half to 200 million. Like a lot of people like ask me like, what, what's the secret sauce? Like that's, you know, that's big. Right. And it wasn't like we had 200 million mine. Like we were just trying to make payroll. <laughs> we're really being honest in the beginning, right. Um, 
So there's there's a bunch of secrets to that. There's not like a haymaker. If you do this, you're going to have success. It's really, we got really good at the blocking and tackling and doing the basic things really well. So the very first thing that we really focused on was making money off the customers we already had. So increasing our average ticket, cross-selling, making one call into two. Um, and I think that's where most companies really struggle is they get these customers, the phone's already ringing, but they're not priced properly. They're not um, set up to cross-sell. They're not set up to upsell. They're not transitioning into other uh, other uh, services if they have multiple services. They're not adding tune-ups to repairs. They're not they're not doing the basic stuff well. And because of that, you know, they're just not making as much money on every call. And it becomes really difficult to scale and grow. Like once we really started making more money on every single customer, guess what? We had more money for marketing. And when we got really good at marketing, you know, at one point our cost per uh, cost per lead was all the way down to $12, uh, wow. which, you know, the industry average is like 70 to 80. Um, so we started killing it there. And every call that we brought in, was worth more money to us and <laughs> it became yeah. this, this snowball effect right um so i guess if you got specific questions i can give you specific answers I, i'm an open book you guys anything you want i'll give it to you um yeah. but it's really like it really was just doing the basics really well like if you were to go into parker and sons even today like you would see dozens of mistakes we make every single day but we did the basics really well we answered the yeah. phone well we upsell well we created good experience we do the basics of marketing really efficiently. We, you know, do all the A/B testing, all the all the basic stuff uh, that you would you would hope a, a business runs. We do. Uh, not we don't just talk about. It, we actually do it, and then we kind of, you know, we don't dabble in the fluff as much because you just can't you just can't scale complicated things like, you know, you're rolling out this complicated play plan. Good, good luck doing that to 750 team members, right? It's got to yeah. be simple. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, sticking to the basics and always making sure the basics are done right is such an important thing because, like, there's so many contractors and business owners out there, and this is in any, any industry, they focus on these shiny objects, and they're just like, ooh, look at this shiny object that just came out. And meanwhile, you know, they're, they're glaring at this shiny object, and their phone is ringing, and they're just ignoring the phone that's ringing with a customer who wants to give them $7.99 for, you know, whatever it may be. And they're looking at this shiny object that's going to cost them $1,600 a month that they think is going to make them $7.99 <laughs> a day in jobs. But they've already got that call, you know, and then they missed the call because all they care about is the shiny object. Uh, so, you know, what are some of those basics? So, yeah, I mean, the phones is a super simple one. Like yeah. there is nothing more frustrating, especially as like a really a marketing guy originally. I'm really more of an operations guy now, but I certainly you know, and one of the more prominent marketing guys in the industry still. Um, uh, but uh, there's nothing more frustrating than getting the phone to ring and then not answering the phone. I always tell people this, I think this is a great example. It's like, unless you have a crystal ball and you know something I don't know, like I have no idea whether that phone call is a $79 tune-up or a $10,000 AC system. I have to assume it's a $10,000 AC system. So yeah. I better pick up the freaking call. And by the way, on the phone call, I don't know whether it's a $79 tune-up or $10,000 AC system all the time either because sometimes those tune-ups really are replacements because it's a you know 12-year-old system and they don't know how old it is and they just moved in the house or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so I have to assume every single one. And if I go with that mindset, like every phone call is worth $10,000 to me, I freaking answer the phone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, 
So, so I mean, really, uh, the basics are, are not as complicated. Like, everybody knows it. It's, hey, answer the phone quickly, effectively, cross-sell over the phone. Like, a lot of people don't sell over the phone at all, and that's, that's stupid. But let's be real honest about it. Like, all the big companies do that, all the really successful companies, and there's a reason. It's because you can afford to have better CSRs significantly because you can pay them spiff which increases the quality of your, your call significantly, which is how you set the table, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, it's a way to generate revenue. Like a call center should not be a cost. It should be a revenue generator, right? Yeah. Then when you go out to the house, you better be really good at closing those calls. Like we can't walk away with tune-ups. We have to, we have to make offers. We have to present options. Uh, and it's their choice whether they take them or not. But it's our choice whether we present the options. And then we got to make sure we're cross-selling and, you know, making one call into two whenever possible. So running the health and safety inspections, uh, doing all the basic stuff that uh, a lot of people have heard about, but most people either don't do or do really, really ineffectively. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's that's like when we're getting calls. And then the basic stuff is like, there's nothing worse than, uh, hey, we're slow. We'll just wait for the phone to ring. And like, mm-hmm. no one says they do that, but almost everyone really does that. Like, do you have your list segmented? Are you sending emails? Are you sending text messages? What levers do you have in place to make sure that your install board is always, always full? Because by the way, if you fill your install board every day, you're generally going to hit numbers. You know what I mean? That's yeah. where most of the revenue comes from. Uh, and then just tracking, like there's so many low hanging fruit that's so simple. And none of these are like, oh, I didn't know I had to track stuff. Like, you know you do, but a lot of people don't do it anyway, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. When we were talking about this uh, last week, maybe maybe the week before, I don't know. We were talking about, you know, the levers that you have and tracking things so that you know when the time is to pull a lever. Like, if you know your cost per lead and you know you know, how much money you invested into this particular campaign and you're slow, well, then you can pull that lever and say, all right, we can dump $7,000 into this because we can expect to get this many jobs out of it. Correct. And that's, yeah, you got to, you got to know your numbers. You got to know your levers. And I mean, like a PPC campaign is, is one of the most, there's, there's literally hundreds of levers in almost every section of your business. We're actually putting together a levers course right now. It's, it's freaking intense. Ferguson asked us to do it and we're going to do it for Lennox and a few others too uh but like uh it's intense right but some of the, just so we're all on the same page what we all mean by levers what me and eric means is like hey if my board's not full tomorrow one of the most obvious levers you could pull is ppc right your pay-per-click mm-hmm. sem right i could double my budget for a day i call code red right which means my digital marketing team knows exactly what that means it means for 24 hours i'm doubling the budget on service or install whichever department i need help with right Mm-hmm. And I know I can fill the board with calls because I know what doubling that budget should equate to in the number of calls. And if that's enough, that's good. If I need more than that, I need to pull additional levers on top of that. Yeah, absolutely. And when, so when it comes to, you mentioned at the beginning, like um, marketing for, you know, taking care of your customers first, the people that you already have in front of you, that is, that, that's something that I see a lot of people fallen short on all the time is trying to generate new business. uh, But they've got 8,000 contacts in their service Titan account who they haven't reached out to in six or seven months. Um, You know, what what are some good ideas for people for reactivating that customer base and getting them sold on, you know, on other services and offerings? 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna complicate this answer, which which should be a really simple answer. Um, if you haven't reached out, which just happens all the time, it's like I've got this huge list and I've never really reached out to them. Um, you know, the first thing you do is you have to create a burner account. Um, and I'm sure Eric is well aware of this, but most <laughs> contractors have no idea. Like you're going to get a huge opt out if you've never emailed anybody in your entire career. And now mm -hmm. you're trying to send 10,000 emails. Don't do it under your URL. Like if your company is, you know, AC service, you know, whatever, we'll call you AC service, right? And your website's acservice.com. You're going to want to create like AC service one at Gmail and send all those emails from there. That way you don't burn your own email and keep whatever's left after after all those opt-ins. Um, but really what I suggest is if you're trying to reactivate your list, you go up the value chain. Um, and by the way, this is how you should do all of your activation of customer lists is the value chain. So what I mean by value chain is like, how much does it cost? What kind of return can I expect? There are cheap, easy ways to do it and there are really expensive ways to do it. What most contractors do is like, hey, I'm slow, start dialing out. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you're too late. Like if you're in that kind of, you're not being proactive, you're being totally reactionary in that case. And dialing out is one of the most expensive ways you could do to generate calls, especially of your own customer base. Because like these CSRs are not inexpensive. There's a big opportunity cost. And to get, to generate 10 calls, you got to talk to a hundred people. This is a big time uh, drain of time, right? Mm -hmm. But an email, which I could send out to a thousand people or 5,000 people or 10,000 people, depending on how many calls I need, right? Um, I could do that for a few dollars. It takes, once you get good at it, 20 to 30 minutes to write up a really solid email with a really solid offer. And I could hit those people all at once. Super, super powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And incredibly cheap, incredibly low time frame. After email, I suggest text messaging because text messages get open way more than emails. Then you go into like ringless voicemail. If it's a high enough ticket, you can do some direct mail. And one of the last thing you do is actually calling. Now it's still part of the process, but like if I could take a thousand customers and I can email them and I could get, you know, a hundred of them, which is a realistic number from 50 to a hundred to respond back to me. Uh, now I have 900 people to talk to and I can text message. Now I got, you know, 800 people to talk to and I do a ringless voicemail and now it's 750. Now I do a direct mail piece. Now I got 700 people. Like these are less people I have to call on. And by the way, I'm being proactive. My board's full. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and the key to this too is like, don't email text message, ringless voicemail and phone call them all the same day. Like if you're going to do this properly, you have to be proactive. Meaning like, Hey, I can see the weather report a week from now. I know it's uh, October, November, right? I know in Phoenix, the weather is perfect outside. It's about to be December, right? Uh, I know we're not going to generate a lot of natural calls. So I'm going to start emailing today. And I'm going to send a follow-up text next week, right? And I'm going to start a segmented list, right? So like, hey, these are people that I know have 10 plus year old systems. I'm going to hit them first. And mm -hmm. then, hey, uh, after I've picked out the low-hanging fruit there, then I'm going to do it geographically so my texts don't drive, right? Um, and there's a lot of complications. this. If you want, let's do this. Uh, everybody, my email is josh at growwithclover.com. I'm giving out my personal information. I could just give you kind of a like a step-by-step -step how to activate your customer list. We have like some content built on that. I'll give that away for free if anybody wants it. There we go. Yep. We'll uh we'll include that email in the show notes. So if you're listening to this now, uh scroll down uh and the email will be there uh on the 
show notes section. If you're listening to this on the website, it'll also be in the little description. So you go ahead and send Josh an email and get that. Cause I, I think that's huge. I think that um, I'm a huge proponent, you know, I, I do digital marketing. So obviously I'm always going to, you know, be a little bit more leaning towards the side of, of SEO and, and SEM and all that stuff. Um, but I think that you've got to be, you've got to be hitting them with email, with text, with, these are customers like like clearly i'm a fan of sem and ppc clearly i'm a fan of seo right like these are great ways to grow your business long term and you need new blood without a doubt but if you're looking for easy calls because my board's not full like getting new customers it's just more expensive and everyone's competing after that if i go after my own customer base i don't have a competition and they already know like and trust me it's mm-hmm. just so much easier to get them to do business with me again, which, by the way, is just doing the basics, right? There's only three ways to make more money, more revenue, right? What's the three ways, Eric? You know them. New customers. So, <laughs> new customers is one. Yeah. Upsells. Make, make more money off your existing customers. Yeah. Or get your customers to use you more often. Yeah. Those are the only three ways to make more revenue. There are it's, no other ways. Yeah. And two of those ways are easy because they're already your customer correct all and, three are easy it's just yeah. you know, at, at what effort level what cost it how cost, sophisticated yeah. are you right well yeah so that yeah the cost of of two of them because even you know as a consumer as a homeowner myself the cost of switching companies like i'm not going to switch ac providers just for the hell of it no I'm you've gonna... had to have a bad experience otherwise you're sticking or yeah. Or it's a t- completely unmemorable experience, and then you don't even know who you use. Yeah, it's one of those. Like, two. I mean, that's like the the company that did my HVAC. I needed duct repair. I called them. I needed attic insulation. I called them. I needed a water heater. I called them. It, they became my one stop shop for everything because I didn't want to have to go through the process of sending people out to my home again, having three phone calls and consultations and all this crap before I got service. Yeah, uh, you're the ideal customer. So everyone yeah. should be trying to get Eric to work with him, apparently. Yes. Uh, we all want Eric. Move to Phoenix, Eric. I would gladly <laughs> help you out. Yeah. That's what we should do. We should uh, I should just start buying houses everywhere and then... Uh... I'm okay with this. I think most people on this phone call would be okay with that. Yeah. 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 But that, but that's, you know, the, the thing is, though, like there's there's customers like me in your, in your CRM right now, in your Service Titan account, who have got existing projects that they want done, but they just don't, they need a nudge to give you a phone call. 100%, 100%. Yeah. The big key to this too is like, you know, if you're activating your customer list, you have to tell a story. No one likes that used car sales and is like this month only, you know, it's 10% off and there's no why, right? Yeah. Like if there's no why, then you're, then you're just a, it's a cheap sales tactic. But if you make sure to tell a story, of why that discount's happening. Uh, so like right now it's like, hey, this, you know, there's a slow season for every industry. This is our slow season here in Phoenix. Uh, and we got to keep guys busy. And because of that, we went to our distributor, right? Like I'm blaming on distributor, uh, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. And we asked for a, a discount on whatever they're specifically looking for, right? <laughs> what are the odds? Um, uh, and we're gonna go ahead and pass that discount off to you. Uh, it helps keep our guys busy, and I know it helps you out too. So it's a win-win. Um, 
we're going to be in your neighborhood Wednesday or Thursday, which one works better for you. Right. And then you do yeah. that in email, you do it on text message. Now text message, email is long form. You could say a lot. Uh, you don't want to say too much, but you, you want, you could tell a story more text message, short and sweet. I'm a big fan of text messaging YouTube links. So just take a video of yourself and then put it up on YouTube and just text message, basic information, the link. So you can still tell a story. Yeah. Super effective, super powerful. And everybody knows how dirty and amazing ringless voicemail is. Does, do you know, I'm assuming you know what ringless voicemail, do we need to explain it just in case? I, I know what it is, but for those who don't, you might want to go ahead. Yeah. Ringless voicemail. I like, there's some things I, 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 I say it's dirty um, and I'm okay with a little dirty. Um, but basically what it does is let's say you have a thousand people you want to want to call. Uh, if I were to call those thousand people myself, it would take you know several CSRs mm -hmm. and it would take some time. Uh, or I could do a ringless voicemail and it will call all thousand customers in about three seconds. And what it does is it ring, rings that phone and if that customer picks up, then actually immediately hangs up on them. And there's a there's no callback number. If they call back the number they were called, it goes to a dead number. There's no way to trace it back to yourself. If they don't pick up and it goes to their voicemail, then it's going to leave a pre-recorded voicemail that you set like a perfect voicemail. Um, and it's going to sound super personal as much as humanly possible. Um, uh, and uh, walk them through and you can leave. Out of a thousand, you can leave like 700, 800 voicemails and get in people's inboxes and a good mm -hmm. percentage and we'll call you back. Yeah. And it's incredibly cheap, by the way. Unbelievably cheap. Oh, yeah. yeah. For those for those who probably don't know, didn't know about it until just now, I imagine there was a light bulb that just went off and they were just like, oh, yeah, that's happened to me. It's it's. I'm willing to bet it's happened to everybody. It happens to me almost daily where you answer yeah. and then it just goes boop and then disappear. Yep. Or, you, or you don't answer and you just get a random voicemail about an offer. Yeah, like it's... It's frustrating as a customer sometimes, but it is an effective marketing tool. Mm -hmm. And as long as that offer is legitimate and you're providing value, then I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. So talking, I mean, so talking a little bit about like some operational stuff. I know you're saying um, keeping guys busy right now is super important and yeah. a, a challenge. Um, what are some what are some tips, you know, from an operational standpoint that you would recommend for uh, slower season, shoulder seasons for some areas that get those. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of things you could be doing. Um, number one is activating your customer list. Like mm -hmm. in the middle of summer, nobody activates your customer list because the phone's already ringing. Yeah. But yeah. You need to activate your customer list during this time of year. And you really need to hyper focus on cross selling and uh, creating two calls into ones. Uh, we do that with like an oh, by the way script, which is, you know, the most successful phone script in the industry right now. Like we, a bunch of super high-end companies use it. If you want that, you can hit me up on the email as well. Um, and we do it mainly over the phone, meaning like someone calls for air conditioning, we're going to give them a plumbing call too. You know, 15 to 20% of the time, that's a lot of calls, especially at our scale, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, oh, by the way, uh, we also do plumbing. Do you have any, you know, leaking faucets, uh, slow draining drains or toilets that flush themselves, which is like, 80% of houses have one of those three things. You know what I mean? I'm going after the low-hanging fruit just trying to get uh, uh, a plumber in the door, right? And then it's important, too, that's how you're cross-selling and upselling over the phone and create one call in the two. And then in the house, you need to be doing the same thing. And you can't just tell, it like, an AC tech, hey, like, 
I need you to create two calls into one and just let them walk away. That's never going to work. You have to systematize it for them. Like systems are the secret to scalability. Um, so we run a health and safety inspection. Um, health and safety inspections are incredibly effective. Tell a great story for a customer, create an amazing experience, and actually generate a ton of revenue. And that'd be things like, so you're done with the call. Everything's completely finished. You're about to walk the door, uh, walk out the door. You say, oh, before I leave, I have to do a quick health and safety inspection. It's actually company policy. And really, it's just going to take a few minutes. We're going to go for a few things uh, that could actually cause damage to you, uh, to your house, or, or worst case scenario, your family. And mm -hmm. I would hate to leave without you know, fix, at least taking a look at these, can you go ahead and walk me to your water heater real quick, right? And now I'm asking them to do a visual inspection. I don't want AC Tech to be like an expert on selling water heaters. That's not the point of this. I'm looking to see, hey, is this an old water heater? Is it rusted? Does it have a drain pan? If all those are good, we move on. If it's really rusted, then just... you see this? <laughs> you might want to get a plumber out here. I could probably yeah. get someone out here today, right? And then, you know, you know, down to the water softener, to your reverse osmosis, to your carbon monoxide detector, to your uh, your pressure regulator. I mean, there's 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 a list for each type of service. So we do air conditioning, plumbing and electrical um, and water treatment as well. Um, so each department's going to have a slightly different, um, you know, health and safety inspection because it's tied more directly to you. I don't need an air conditioning tech to go see how old the AC system is. They should have already done that. Mm -hmm. um, but the plumber, I, I want them to. And, and I, once again, I'm not looking for, you know, this plumber to be a, uh, an expert at air conditioning, but I want them to be able to tell how old the system is, which is pretty easy. And hey, it doesn't look, is there weeds going through it? Is it all rusted up? Is there <laughs> bird shit all over? Uh, you know, are there rats? eating all the wires like if that that's happening then yeah let's get an ac guy out uh, if yeah. it's not that's okay we write down how old it is and we we have a list we could contact people later with yeah yeah i think i think the uh that, that inspection would be a huge a huge win for a lot of a lot of smaller companies even medium-sized companies that aren't doing it yeah it'd be a huge win yeah it's not like if you're a one service company so like you're just doing air conditioning right um, that's fine. You can still do a health and safety inspection. You can look at the carbon dioxide detector. You can take me to your, uh, you know, whole house, you know, surge protector, which, you know, they don't have, <laughs> which yeah. is great. Uh, there's still a list you could put together. It's going to be slightly different. You're not trying to cross sell. You're still, you're using it more for upselling, but mm -hmm. still super valuable. And yeah. the key to that health and safety inspection is I get a customer to sign off on it. Right. So if the customer signs off on it, then I know it happened, right? I know the conversation lead ha happened and they have a, you know, carbon dioxide monitor, right? Which is totally different than a detector. And they got gas in the house. I mean, that's dangerous to be honest. Like carbon dioxide detectors go off after it's at a deadly level. That's crazy that that's legal, right? Yeah. Carbon dioxide monitors go off at lower levels where you're likely to get sick, get headaches, have other issues, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes your whole life, which is terrible. Um, yeah. But like, that's an easy sell. And if I have that, that on a health and safety inspection and a customer says, no, I don't have one. And they sign off on it. I know that the customer had a conversation about it because there's just no way around it. Right. Yeah. Like they signed off on it saying they didn't need it. Right. And they were aware that they didn't do it. And we let them know 
there's a little blurb on there. If they say no, just be aware this is what you're saying no to, right? So it's yeah. very difficult to get around. And when things are slow, I know that I have a list of a bunch of people with carbon dioxide detectors that really should have the monitors. And mm-hmm. I can run a special right now and I can tell a story because uh, there's thousands of stories every single year who die from carbon dioxide poisoning. Uh, I pick one story that's local to the area and say, I don't want this to happen to you. Please give me a favor. We'll give you a discount uh, just for thank you for the holidays. Let's go ahead and get this taken care of. So I know that none of our customers end up getting sick or dying over the holidays because of something as simple as upgrading for carbon dioxide detector to a monitor. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say you could segment those and you you do that and you say, okay, this person has a, you know, an 11 year old water heater with rust on it or, and, and and there's this, and then there's that. Well, then you can segment those people into audiences. All right, here's a water heater email talking about here's four signs that you need to get your water heater flushed or here's four signs that you need to get your water heater replaced. Yeah, you're, you're not flushing a water heater that's rusted and 11 years old. But, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's that's a recipe for breaking a water heater yourself. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, and the thing is that like you'd be surprised how often water heaters have rust on them. And then it's just like homeowner never went and looked at the water heaters. They don't look at it, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, it's an easy conversation, fairly easy upsell. And then the other side too, right? When really slow, it's a long-term play, but you better be stickering up the house too. Stickers are still like, they're so inexpensive and they're so effective over time. Like you can't just put like, you know, Parker and Sons on your wire here. There has to be a story. You know, it's the, you know, how to shut off your wire here in emergency. You know, same thing with your electrical panel, you know, garbage disposal, uh, AC unit, like make sure there's a story or a reason for that sticker to be there. But like when the water water goes out, right? Like the water, your shower's cold. Whether you're experienced and have anything to do with the water here or not, what what do 90% of customers do? They walk to the water here and go look at it. They, mm-hmm. they, like look at it, they're not going to do anything with it. Like, yeah. like, like it's like, well, it's here, you know. I mean, like, yeah, it hasn't moved. Here, right? But there's a big <laughs> sticker on the front of it that says, mm-hmm. "Hey, if your water here is leaking, do this. If it stopped having cold water, here's three things to check." Right? Yeah. And like you know, they're not going to check it. They're just going to call you, which my phone number is large and center and powerful. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, what are your thoughts on companies, single service companies, expanding into other services like electrical and plumbing? I mean, it's a great way to grow your business. You really just have to be set up for it effectively. So like your first service that you add is always the most difficult. And when I say you need to be set up, there's really two things you really need to have in place. Number one, you have to have a large enough customer base to justify. If you're doing AC right now and you want to add plumbing, you have to be able to justify that, hey, without marketing plumbing, I should be able to keep you know a few plumbers busy just by cross-selling and being good at cross-selling because most when you launch a new service it's going to be driven through your old service that's the most effective way to do it that gives you the the profitability to make some mistakes and have some issues and not not come out of your shorts right so you have to justify that you have enough customer base and that you know how to cross market it and cross marketing is actually fairly easy we can help you with that or you can get a bunch of information from people like us or other people that's not difficult and then the other thing is 
especially if it's your first department, you better have the right leader in there, mm-hmm. right? Um, a department that has a good leader will is guaranteed to work, and the department that has a poor leader, no matter how well you set up, is pretty likely to fail. Um, so you have to find the right person to run that department to start it off. That's a really strong implementer and knows the industry, not like front to back, but more than you. Uh, yeah. Like to be clear, like, you know, a lot of people, I'm, I'm a contractor. Uh, you know, I consider myself a contractor. You know, I've been in this industry for, you know, like, uh, shit, I'm going to age myself, but you know, 20 years, um, 20 years now, you know, 20 years. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, if I were to come out to your house and you say, Hey, I have a you know, leaky faucet, I'd be like, well, like I'm likely to break everything. Right. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't fix a single thing, but I know how it's supposed to be fixed. And that's what you need for that person running the vision. They don't necessarily have to be a plumber. Uh, it can be ideal, but it's not required, but they have to be a strong driver. Yeah. So what are some what are some tips that you would suggest for people if they're starting off a a new division, say electrical? They've got HVAC and plumbing already, and they want to open up electrical. Um, what what are some tips? Like what are the some of the first few things after finding that good leader that you think they should do uh, to generate business for that division? Yeah, it all starts with the leader. Like I I'm a big fan of the WHO method for hiring. Uh, it's incredibly effective for managers and supervisors. Um, so if you guys want that, hit me up for that too. Um, I'm just giving away shit. Anyway, um, so you got the right person. The next thing you you guys figure out, you know, I mean, there's a lot to this, right? So like what you have to do, like you have to figure out how to cross sell. You still have to figure out market. But even before that, you got to figure out pricing. You got to figure out your parts. You got to figure out your distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to figure out your truck stock versus OEM. Uh, you got to figure out pay plans. Um, there's a lot to it. Like what I would suggest anybody do is, Hey, if I wanted to start a new division, don't do it yourself. Like, don't make that mistake. Like I'm going to start everything from scratch and learn, learn everything from the beginning and hope it works. Right. Talk to somebody like myself or somebody in your area. You have a good relationship that launched that division. Um, and, uh, learn from their mistakes and like, Hey, here's all the things, get that truck stock inventory from me. Don't make it up. Get that, you know, that yeah. selling uh, selling technique from me. Don't make it up. Get that, you know, uh, that pay plan from from someone like me or a competitor that you're friendly with or out of your uh, out of your service area, whatever it looks like. Uh, put together put together plans from other people. Don't try to create everything yourself. And that goes just not for launching a division. That's like, I mean, I'll tell you one of the biggest reasons we were successful, and by far, like I'm a pre-creative guy we come up with some ideas that like were really originated with parker and sons uh like a good percentage of them but most of the stuff that we really moved the needle with like that really changed everything it was because i traveled all over the country and met with other contractors and i begged borrow and stole amazing ideas and made it my own made it a little bit more scalable or simplify them a little bit sometimes but um like don't feel the need like I have to figure out everything myself. That's a for sure way to lose. Like yeah. learn from others because especially right now, the industry is shifting so much just because of private equity and, you know, big businesses. Like when I got in this industry, like, you know, the big player here in town was George Brazil. 
and they were probably 30, 35 million at the time. And it was like gigantic, unbelievably large. Like, how are they doing it? And now like 30 million, like this sounds dick, but I'm just being honest. Like that's a good size company, mm-hmm. but it's no longer impressive to me. Like I, I can, I grow, I grow businesses from five to 30 million, you know, every few years. Like, yeah. this is just what I do now. Like 30 million is not that impressive, not that difficult to hit. When you get above a hundred million is when you start to impress me. Like, oh, you got you got some stuff really down. Um, yeah. you know, getting from you know three to ten is like cake now. Now it's not for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like I know how to build that, right? I know exactly what that looks like. I know step by step the processes, I know the pitfalls that you could fall into, I know the opportunities you probably have, right? So it's easy for me because I've done it so repetitively. And the thing is, like, you could try to figure that out yourself or you could just learn from someone who's already done it. And that's a much better play, like, because there's just way less risk and way more upside by doing it that way. So, like, definitely, whether you're launching a division or really just having trouble scaling or growing or, uh, you know, having trouble recruiting, right? Like, big companies, not just big companies, smart companies don't have trouble with recruiting right now. It's the ones that aren't spending the time, money, and effort are the ones that struggle. Yeah. Yes. When it it comes, yeah, when it comes, when it comes to recruitment, yeah, this is, this is a a topic that I, I hope we'll, we'll quit talking about in the next year. I mean, I feel like we've really been hitting. We're we're definitely not going to, this is going to be a long-term problem. (laughs) And I feel like this time next year, I'm still going to be like, all right, what are you doing for recruitment these days? Uh, No, but when it comes to recruitment, what you know what what are some things that that you're seeing that are working for people smart companies yeah i mean so recruiting retention like it's a hundred percent the industry is like the have and the have nots right now um there's there's companies that are amazing at recruiting and retention and like that's a big piece of it too like a lot of people focus on recruitment but not retention and that's that's a mistake you gotta be doing both um and there's companies that like are just terrible at recruiting retention um and for the most part, the difference is really just the amount of time and effort they put into it. Like I've talked to companies like smart, successful companies, and they'll tell me like their number one problem. I'm like, you tell me your number one problem. I'll fix it in an hour. Guaranteed. Whatever the problem is, I, I've run into it uh, at least not with maybe not with Parker and Sons, but with one of the companies I've helped across the United States get over 100 million. Uh, I guarantee I've run into it. I can fix your problem within an hour. And I almost... Yeah, I would say probably eight out of 10 will tell me, like, if I just get enough good people, right? Hopefully it's good people. Some people just tell me, you know, anyone will do. <laughs> yeah. But enough good people, like, I could change my business. And I say, okay, let's start with what you're doing now, right? And you start doing the math of what they're doing. They'll say, like, you know, I put this ad in on Indeed. I'm like, okay, that takes 15 minutes. It's like, oh, okay, I, I talked to my parts house and we put out a flyer. I'm like, okay, that takes another 15 minutes. And then I talked to my guys one time a month ago about, you know, a referral program we're doing. I said, okay, that took a half hour, right? And you start adding up the math on this. And some contractors spend, what they'll tell me is the number one problem in their business, minutes a month. Sometimes, not even hours most of the time, minutes. Mm. Now, if you were to spend 40 hours a week on recruiting, like, would you do by recruit? Of course you would. Like, there's no yeah. doubt. Like, can you imagine spending 15 minutes on marketing or 15 minutes on sales or 15 minutes answering the phone? Like that would be stupid. You would never do that. 
Yeah. But people do that with what they'll tell you is the biggest problem in the industry. By the way, having the right people solves almost every other problem you have. Oh, absolutely. Right. So it's, it's really a method of time, money, and effort. Um, like most people don't put the time, money, and effort into, into the problem. You can't spend 40 hours. And that's not realistic. But could you spend five hours a week? Yeah, you, you sure could. You probably yeah. could. And if you can't, then you need to get someone in there who can. Um, yeah. And then you just got to be creative. You can't do what everybody else is doing. Like that Indeed ad, like number one, most people's ads are terrible, right? They're just not poorly set up. That's a marketing piece. They think of it differently, but I think of it just like I'm trying to recruit a customer, right? Like I have to tell a story. I have to tell why us. You can't just start with a pay and accept, hope that's good. That's just not how people work. Uh, and yeah. you got to do, you got to be willing to do things that people, other people don't think about or are unwilling to do. So like, I mean, we have a list, I think it's 32 unique ways of recruiting. That's unbelievably effective. Um, if you want, I'll send you that as well. So Josh, instead of like, what I could do, yeah, what I could do is like, I could spend like three hours on recruiting retention, like on some creative mm -hmm. ideas that will blow your mind on simple ways to execute on how to save money on and how to retain people. We have a whole course. We have, literally have like a, a seven day course and it's what, like a half hour a day plus some homework step-by-step yeah. step through recruiting is actually badass, but like, I could spend like four hours on that question very easily and blow people's minds, but like we don't have four hours and people would be yeah. frustrated that they took that long anyway. So yeah. why don't I just give you the information, make it easy. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if you're listening to this and you're not doing anything at all, I would say just start with an hour a day at the, you know, an hour a day, hour a day. And actually what I would say is like, don't just, you just sit there, like, pull people in, have a meeting an hour a day and say, how can we fix this? Right. Yeah. You, you want to learn a secret to solve literally any problem. And like, people won't like this answer, but it's just the truth. It's meet often enough with the right people and you can solve any problem. So what I mean by that is like recruiting retention. It's not a once a month meeting. Like that's not often enough. For yeah. Most people will be once a week. Some people will be twice a week. Some people it might be every day. It's a really bad problem. And you will not sit in a meeting for an hour once a week where you're not allowed to talk about any other topic and you have, and you're trying to creatively think of new ideas. You're just not going to sit there every week for an hour and not come up with things like you want to be out of that meeting. I, I don't want to have this meeting anymore. So I'm going to yeah. start come up with some crazy stuff and see what works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely like the concept of, of talking to people too, like, you know, figuring out how we can fix this, but also asking them, what do you like about this company that you would tell? What do you tell you? Like, what's the good things that you tell your family when you go home at night and get that and then highlight those as well in your recruitment campaigns? Yes. That's, that's really re, uh, both recruitment and retention play. Like yeah. if you don't know why people should or want to, wouldn't want to work for you. Like it's, you have to have a USP unique selling position, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you should have one, like why do customers want to use you? And it can't because, we do good work because that's what everybody says, right? Uh, it has to be unique. That's the most important thing. Uh, but you have to have a USP for your for your your customers as a GM or an owner, which is your team members. Like, why would they want to work for you over other people? And if you don't have one, you need to make one. Yeah. Yeah. One time, uh, one time I was I was interviewing for a position. This was 
several years ago, like right after college, I was just kind of applying to places and seeing where I would find something. And I got to like the final round of interviews for this web developer job. And this guy said, why do you want to work here? And I said, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just need a job, I guess like that. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, I, well, that's when it kind of like I was going for a few different companies and I was like, I don't really want to work there. They would just probably give me a lot of money versus this other company where they've actually like, I've actually seen why I would want to work there outside of just the pay. And so, you know, I could, it's the same with being a, an HVAC te technician right now. You can go make yeah. a ton of money with any company, but why should they come work for yours? Right. Right. And to be clear, like if you don't have that USP, you might still get people by paying people will come for pay, but they don't stay for pay. That's yeah. not the reason that they stay. And uh, if you don't have a solid USP, you will have an issue with retention. People will leave you because someone will always be willing to pay more than you. Yeah. No matter what. Right. It's just, it's a, that's, it's like, uh, you know, there's three things that work in marketing in our industry, right? There's quality, speed of service, and there's price. And no one likes to play the price game because it's a race to the bottom. It's the mm -hmm. same thing for team members, right? If the only reason they work for you is because you pay them more. And you can pay them more, but it can't be the only reason they work for you. Yeah. Because if that's, then you're, you're, a race, you're a race to unprofitability, right? Yeah. Like there will always be someone who's willing to pay. You know, we pay 20%. Some company will pay 25. Eventually someone will pay 35. Some, someday someone will pay 40, 40%. And it'll be some you know, mom and pop that's desperate and it'll make sense for them, but it would never make sense for us because we would go out of business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've hit on marketing. So we've hit on some sales. We've hit on some recruitment. We've hit on some operations. Uh, I'll have to timestamp each time there was a, a freebie that you could get if you email Josh at growwithclover.com. Uh, but we'll let's do this too, because I, I'm like, we sent a bunch of these out. Like I'll be... I'll be real honest. Like I get tons of emails. I'm 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 responding, but I'm not the fastest in the world. Why don't we hit up info at growwithclover.com and uh, either AJ or Tracy will respond to you generally within an hour and get you all this stuff. Uh, we'll put together a list off this podcast and we'll just send yeah. it all. Uh, just a here's all the above. Enjoy. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'll include that email in the show notes and uh, and and also when we send out the email blast to everybody. Uh, for that some good information there i think that uh like you were saying earlier when we were talking about starting a new division they there's already someone out there who's created this stuff for you why not just go grab it i mean yeah and, and, oh, yeah. and, and yeah. i know you know it sounds crazy for me to you know be plugging another marketing company but you know this is good stuff that will work for you and yeah so, and we're not we're not competitive either we don't yeah. do digital marketing in any way right that's not yeah. what we do um yeah. you know, we're more strategy and operations but this is, this um, is good stuff, you guys. And and honestly, I'm going to go grab it because, I mean, I want to, I don't think I've seen this stuff yet and I want to see it because I'd love to, I'd love to be able to know some of this stuff. I love learning new things. And, um, you know, if it's free, then go free read it. 99. Free 99. Free 99. Yeah. So I had a, a business partner. I used to have a software business called Review Kangaroo. We sold it um, right before COVID. Actually, it was a pretty lucky, good deal for us. Um, but, you know, his, my business partner always told me like, you know, your, your first option is to borrow your set, second option is to buy your third option is always build, right? You build last. 
<laughs> yeah. Borrow if you can. You have to. You buy. Build is the last case scenario, right? You don't have to start things from scratch. It's just bad business to try to learn everything yourself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Josh, is there anything that you think we may have missed out on that you wanted to talk about? No, man. Here's what I would tell you. If anybody needs help or have questions, hit up. Uh, you can hit me up. You can hit info. Uh, they'll get get you on a call with me or you could, we could do a kind of a group call. There's a bunch of people asking the same question. Um, like you're not alone, right? Uh, there's lots of resources out there in the world. Uh, Eric being one of them, right? Like, don't try to figure out all this stuff your own. Talk to an expert. Talk to someone who's done this before, who's been to where you've been, where you've been, and is is at where you want to go. Um, yeah. You know, don't take a, don't ever take marriage advice from someone who's had three divorces, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you gotta handpick and be careful about who you who you listen to. But there are a lot of people out there, not just myself. So, like, ask questions, get into the right group, get to the right mentor get to the right, you know, the right support system to help make sure you're successful. Otherwise, man, I appreciate you taking the time and letting me be on here and chatting to your, to your followers. I hope everybody enjoyed it and got some good value. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, I appreciate you joining me today. I hope you have a great rest of your uh, morning. Yeah. Thanks, bud. All right. Take care. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.